You're listening to the One and a Half Asians podcast with your hosts, Wu Chou Yi and Cody G. Episode 12? Yeah, episode 12. I uploaded today, actually. I wanted to upload last week, but wasn't feeling it. Was not feeling it at all. Scott wants to do breakfast on Monday. Hello. Which is April 1st. Oh, we're recording. Which is April 1st. That's fine. Which is uh, April Fool's. <laughs> so he probably really doesn't want to do anything. <laughs> well, I'm, that's what I mentioned. Alrighty then. All right. Was that how you do it? That's how you tell that that's where you want to cut it? Sure. Yeah. Welcome, everyone, after our brief one week health hiatus. I'm sorry about that. That was my fault. Well, don't apologize, Wu. Yeah. It's not like you intentionally got sick. My kids were... Green stuff was coming out of their nose. <laughs> well, that sounds delicious. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Funny story that you say delicious. <laughs> okay. Um, they have these weird tools for babies where you can... It's called like a snot sucker. Uh, I'm really not liking where this is going, yeah. but continue. It's, it's, a, it's like a... Straw? Yeah, no, it's like a tube, and like at the end of the tube, <laughs> yeah, at the end of the tube, there's a like a missile-shaped thing that you have to put up their nose, Yeah, and you have to suck really hard. Well, there's like a little cotton thing at the end, so like none of the snot gets in your mouth. Yeah. Well, I did that, and then um, that thing, that snot catcher, got loose. Oh, no. So I got some snot in my mouth. <laughs> Woo! Oh! <laughs> What, what what we do for our children? Oh geez, Woo. thank you for that <laughs> terrible visual. Uh, it was in my not mouth experience. It was not delicious. That's it was what, not that's, delicious. That's, that's what I was <laughs> trying to get at. It wasn't wasn't delicious at all. All right, well, uh, welcome to season two, episode ten. You said so two e twelve. Twelve. Wow. It's twelve. Dirty dozen. We're flying through these things. Dirty dozen. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Let's, I guess we can use this episode to update everyone, if anyone's interested, Yeah. with what's been going on in our well, lives. It's, it's been a while. So, our listeners are probably on the edge of their seat wanting to know more about your acting classes, Wuchal. Have I been cast in anything yet? Well, I'm, I've been looking on Netflix. I still can't see Wuchal Yi. Just because I'm not there yet. Close. Yet. But, yeah, from our last episode, I was nervous because... For the first class, we had to do a scene. Yeah. We had to act out a scene with a partner. And I was super nervous because, you know, I don't know any of these people. <laughs> and I couldn't sleep. I legit couldn't sleep the, the, the like, few days before. Yeah. I just, I would lie in bed for, no joke, like, two hours. Yeah. Just going over lines in my head. And terrible sleep. So I get to the, to the place on Saturday in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Still nervous as hell. Still very sleep deprived. Um, And I see so many people there. This class had like 25 to 30 people, um, all like different ages. Like a few I know were under 20 years old. Um, And then. What was kind of the upper limit? I saw. Any gray hairs? No, no, no gray hairs. Just mine. (laughs) (laughs) But you have more. You have a. I, don't even I would say, say you've got gray hairs. I would say the oldest person I saw there was a guy. He looked like he was in his forties. Okay, but it was a good mix. It was like really young to like up to forty, 
And that made me even more nervous because I'm like, holy crap, I was just thinking it was going to be five to ten people. <laughs> but it was a pretty big class. And as soon as we get in, you know, all this boring registration crap. So that made me even more nervous because I'm just standing around like waiting. Yep. Um, and then it was time to do our scenes. And I actually, me being the good student, I sit at the front all the time. Yep. It was a bad, mis- bad decision <laughs> <laughs> because he picked the people in the front to go first. Yep. I was sitting right there. There's only two seats in the front, so it was me and this other person. Um, so he's like, you two, action. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so you went first, like first I first? I went first. I went first first. Oh, my. And he just goes, go, action. And then I just started saying my lines. So did you talk to your partner about if you were happy or, or, or angry? Yeah, before we started, he's like, okay, have you guys, okay, you guys pick right now who you want to be. So I just looked at the person, I'm like, happy? And then the other person was like, I'll be sad. And then we did the scene, and that's the, I could tell you why I like this class. Okay. Because when I was starting, I felt my voice trembling again. Yep. I felt the, what do you call it? Discomfort. I was very dis. I was very uncomfortable. I felt my voice trembling. I couldn't remember my lines. And this, but these are all the reasons I signed up for this course. Yeah. So I knew I was supposed to be there. Yep. So after we got a few takes going, I started to calm down a little bit and I got through my whole scene. They recorded it and then it was on to the next two people to do their scenes. So, do you have the footage? No, because you have to pay for the footage. Well, that you sounds have to like pay. A- I know. If I wanted it, <laughs> I have bullshit. to pay. I have to pay twenty five bucks yeah. after the class, yeah. and they'll send me a USB. Uh, the next class yeah. that I come in that I can take and download, but I don't. I don't really want my takes right now. I don't know. I think that would be cool to have for your YouTube channel. I think I would do the scene. I'm thinking about just reenacting my scenes for my channel. Yeah, just so they have an idea of what lines that I'm saying. But mm-hmm. it was a nerve wracking experience. Good. Um, but once I got going, the nerves started to go away yeah. and I don't know what it is, but I forgot about the people that were sitting in the audience mm-hmm. and I was just focused on what the instructor was telling us to do because, nice. and he was pretty good. Like he was really good at calming us down and like instructing us like, okay, instead of saying it this way, I want you to say it this way. And then he would tell us exactly how he wanted us to say it. Mm-hmm. And when you watch the replay, like after they recorded, you can really tell the difference of like your presence on camera, just with the way like you increase and decrease your voice. And overall, it's a good experience. Nice. Overall, I'm I'm really enjoying it so much to the point that I actually signed up for a private lesson that I already did because it's been two weeks now since our last. So I already went through a private session as well. So you did the first Saturday class? First Saturday class, I did another Saturday class. Okay. Um, and then after that Saturday class, I did a private class. Like immediately after? Uh, like a few hours after, yeah. yeah. So um, already I'm seeing a lot of benefit from it. Yeah? Because when I was in the private session, it's like it's all you that they're focusing on, right? Mm-hmm. It's not um, – because I'll give you an idea. Like the class is so big. You'll do your scene. So I did my scene first on the first class. The whole class, like, I might have only taken 10, 15 minutes of the class with my partner. The rest of the hour and 45 minutes, no, no, two hours and 45 minutes, you're just watching the other classmates do it. Exactly. Um, But obviously you're taking notes and stuff at the Mm -hmm. same time because 
that he's telling the other people how you should do it and stuff. So, um, but the actual time that I'm on camera and in front of the audience is only 15 minutes. Yeah. Right. So private sessions, what I find so helpful about that is because it's, it's 45 minutes to an hour, mm-hmm. all just me, just you. all just me on camera and all just them, like the instructor, instructors telling me what they want me to do. <laughs> cool. Right. So I thought that was really cool. Um, there's a lot of stuff in acting that I just didn't realize. Well, that makes sense. And I didn't understand. I don't know why, but I'm enjoying it so much. It's something I'm actually going to keep doing. Yeah. Um, because the class is over in about two weeks. But I talked it over with Esther. Mm-hmm. And I've decided to continue with private lessons uh, like just twice a month. Yep. And then just keep this thing going because I don't know what it is. It's just this nervous feeling of being in front of a camera. It's, much, it's a lot different than me just being at home yep. recording myself. It's it's a really different feeling, and I like this feeling a lot. And I really think there's real-life applications I can use yeah. this stuff for. You're increasing your skill and value. Yeah. Just the way to... like. I had a really boring line to say, mm-hmm. but the way that the instructor said it and gave me an example, I was actually pulled in to like his performance that he was showing me. Hmm. It's it's really that powerful, just the way that you change your voice levels up and down and the way that you move your body in and out. Mm-hmm. It's a skill that I think... I'm super interested in to like keep learning. Cool. So I'm going to keep going at it. Uh, you might see me on the big screen. Who knows? In 10 years. <laughs> I'm, I'm demanding it. That's, that's the goal. 10 years. I'm like with anything, with any new skill that I try to, I try to learn. Um, Esther is always telling me like, just imagine yourself in 10, 10 years. years. Yeah. So this is Good. another thing I'm sticking with. It's all, it all, comes together with my you know self-improvement and wanting to be better have better presence and more confidence so fits right in it's funny actually that you say that i was watching i didn't watch it i listened to a podcast um and they divulged into this side story about quote unquote moonshots and that there's lots of ideas over the course of humanity that the person that we attribute it to was not the first person to come up with that idea. So the one that really stuck out was uh, Newton and calculus. Mm-hmm. So everyone attributes Newton with creating calculus. Is it Newton? Anyways, the person. Einstein. Uh, <laughs> well, let's not sound that silly. Um, but apparently there was a guy who had written an entire paper on the structural foundation of calculus four years before uh, it was thought to be invented. But that person was described to be as like very meek and mild and not charismatic. Yeah. Whereas uh, Newton, if that's the person, was really kind of had the personality to kind of push through the naysayers being like, you can't just invent calculus. And he was like, look, it's true. And then he, he kind of proved it. And they gave example an example, an example of people who had really crazy ideas 
that failed because they didn't have the personality to like yeah. persevere and push through and get people to believe. Mm-hmm. So you're onto something here. I right? am. That's I an think... intangible skill. I really think it'll help me even if I want to continue in sales as well. Oh, absolutely. Because the way if I could if I could pull people in with like I guess how to even tell a story mm-hmm. about whatever I'm selling and intrigue them and really bring them into you know what I'm selling even I think that'll that'll help a lot. Yeah. Even with the stuff that we're studying right now like with advertising Google advertising Facebook mm-hmm. advertising everything's moving towards video these days too, right? Yeah. Instead of just still images. And if we can insert ourselves in those video ads. Yeah, like a landing page. That'd be cool too, right? And I've definitely had that thought like driving to and from work when I'm just kind of daydreaming about this. It's yeah. Like, eventually we're going to have to have like we're going to have to funnel people somewhere and whether that's like you just send them to a website to do a click conversion. That's one style, but like if we wanted to build something a little more substantial, then I think eventually mm. we would have to build one of those landing pages where like you gave proof of concept, you have a video spiel, uh, like a sales pitch, and then yeah. like you get you get the email and you make the sale. Yeah. <laughs> so I many think. ways, yeah, so many ways that it's applicable. And I actually think I'm going in the right direction. Well, Esther said this. I forget. I was. She was looking for a word mm-hmm. when she was describing this, and it's because like I've lost all this weight now, right? Mm-hmm. And my clothes are starting to fit me. So I had this closet full of clothes that I couldn't wear because I gained so much weight. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "It's funny how you've lost all your weight, and then now all your clothes are starting to fit, and now you started acting class, which you really enjoy. Like everything's fitting." Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> she was looking for a word. I'm like, I'll ask Cody about it. But like, you know what I mean? Like everything's yeah. fitting together. The pieces of the puzzle are starting like to fit. Uh, yeah. So it's just weird how like once my clothes are starting to fit, I'm actually finding the direction I want to go in. With, yeah, like, your the vision's skills starting to do. crystallize. You're not wandering aimlessly. You're yeah. developing from the bottom up. Yeah. And I know like, I don't want to focus on like, like all my focus these days has been on building skills, mm-hmm. like skills that I can, I really think will be important for like me as a person, but also to earn money in the future as well, right? Mm-hmm. And I really think to be able to, you know, be on camera and be confident, be able to speak well, mm-hmm. communicate, they're all very good skills to have. Absolutely. And they won't ever be replaced by a computer. <laughs> you say that, but fuck. Hopefully not. I know. These friggin' AIs. Not even AI. Like, just the sheer power to kind of divulge, but we will bring it back to this point that I'm about to talk about. Have you seen Google's Strata? Strata? What is that? The video game from Google. Not the video game, but like... Probably have seen it, but... So they came out with it like me. last Thursday or Friday. They announced it rather. They've been developing it for years. The concept is instead of buying an Xbox to play your video games or a PlayStation, uh, you will just have your Google account and you buy a Google controller. Yeah. And on any computer, as long as you have a high-speed internet connection, you could play high-end video games. And you can just like stream in. So you could be playing on your phone and then you get home and then you just turn on your TV and cast it over to your TV and continue playing. Uh, the the example they gave 
because Google has YouTube, mm-hmm. they were like watching a player play whatever video game. It was Assassin's Creed, actually. And they were kind of showing the player playing mm-hmm. while they do the voiceover. And then in the bottom left corner, there was a play button. And if you wanted to, you could hit play and you would be launched into Assassin's Creed at that very exact moment in the game. And you could play along with the player. What the hell? Yeah. It just like kept blowing my mind. They haven't released pricing, but they said it's going to come out in like Canada, the US, the UK uh, in 2019. So sometime this year. Jeez. So yeah, technology's getting crazy. Yeah, more on that eventually when in our conversation. Oh yeah. Like I said, it was by Google and we're yeah. doing Google uh, marketing. That's a huge untapped market. Did you know that the video game market is bigger than Hollywood and um, bigger than movies and music combined? I knew it was big, but I didn't know it was bigger than those two. Yeah, it like dwarfs them. I know it's been uh, like it's growing a lot over the past few years too, like online gaming. Like when people yeah, and started talking about esports five years ago, I I literally laughed and thought that was super dumb. And then I watched a like mini documentary on YouTube the other day about it. And like 100,000 people showed up to watch StarCraft in the United States this year, like in a sold out arena. I friggin' saw like, you know that game Fortnite? Fortnite, yeah. Right? They make so much money. Apparently they made, like, I don't know, it was a ridiculous like in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Yep. For people spending money on skins. Yep. Ugh. And dance moves. Yep. That have no added benefit to how you perform in yeah. in the game like as you're playing yeah i i don't understand that <laughs> how do you that's just such a waste of money to me yeah but for the company they're literally know, printing money they're making so much money from just doing from one developer's code yeah so i read that on on instagram as i do my daily scrolls but that's the thing right if Google gets into the video game market, then we could do targeted ads to mm-hmm. this obviously demographic that has an unlimited source of expendable income. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been, yeah. Especially with studying all this stuff, yep. it makes me rethink how I'm even like living my life. Oh, yeah. Like everything's an ad. Friggin' <laughs> everything. And the way that I actually, the way that I even want to use social media. Like personally or personally, personally. I guess we can talk about it. actually. Yeah, I guess we could talk about it. So I bought my my Facebook advertising book. Yeah. About a week ago, the ultimate Facebook guide to to advertising. Yep. And it's just it's opening my eyes so much because it at the beginning of the book it reads really well, so it's it's a very entertaining book, mm-hmm. and the the author is kind of. Um, comparing it to like the matrix okay right so he's saying most people that are on facebook you know the everyday users that are just using uh, checking their friends updates and statuses and all that stuff Mm -hmm. we're all kind of half hypnotized or you're like you're almost like a zombie some part of your brain is like switched switched off right if you want to be an advertiser, a successful advertiser, mm-hmm. someone who's controlling 
you know, kind of taking advantage of, of those zombies? of those zombies. You have to be unplugged. You have to be. It's like you you either want you are either in the matrix, or you are outside of it, controlling it. Yep. You're either a sheep or a herder. And it said, delete Facebook off your phone right now, which I did promptly. Yeah. Um, and which I couldn't follow through on everything because it said delete Instagram, delete you know Snapchat, but you know. I gotta, I gotta communicate with my gotta friends chat somehow. With my boys, right? <laughs> Burlington boys. That's the only way that I communicate. So I couldn't do everything that he was suggesting, but just that alone made me think like, ah, oh, I don't want to be in the matrix. Like I want to be serious about this. Well, I think you're on the right path. I think Facebook for us, for our generation, is like of course, definitely yeah. easy to get out of. The Instagram and Snapchat, I have just limited. Like, I have my Instagram time, like, in the evening, and then I Snapchat, like, to communicate, but I don't sit down and, like, sift through everybody's stories and, like, check out the ads. Yeah, but then just everything, just how much control Facebook has on everything is just mind-blowing. The way that they even place their ads in your newsfeed when you log on. The way that, you know, you, you use Instagram, but that's also... Something yep, that Facebook. Facebook bought, right? So if you're on and there, WhatsApp. you're you're still connected to Facebook. Yep. Even when you're logging into certain things, now instead of just providing email, they have this easy like connect with your Facebook yeah. ID, and then it's just a simple click if you're already logged into Facebook. Mm-hmm. And most people do that because they're already logged into Facebook. Yeah, and it's super easy compared to like having to type out your email and exactly your password. You don't have to change anything. Yep. So that also. Freaking blew my mind again. I'm like, I didn't even realize all this stuff. But now I see it because I'm starting to read these books. Yeah. And, you know, now my my mind is always on, like, when I see an advertisement, I'll look in the corner and be like, how many times has this been shared? How many times have people commented <laughs> on this? Yep. How many likes does this have? Like, my mind just goes there. Yeah. Um, That's good. You, and you're looking at a higher level order of thinking. Yeah. Especially with, like, you know, when people like something and it shows up on your feed, it'll be like, this has been almost like endorsed by this person. Mm-hmm. So it's worth your time to look at it. Yeah, it's a personal endorsement. Um, so now I look at every ad like, who's... You're I'm, dissecting the ad yeah. rather than being enveloped and by now, Yeah, and now I'm just reading the text in the ad as well. And yeah. like, how did this get to me? Who, what did, what website did I go to? What Google search did I do? I know, yeah. Like, how did this end up here? So it's mind-blowing. And I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. That I'm like, it's scary, but I'm also like, in the book, it also had a quote saying like, you know, Spider-Man with great, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. What they're saying is, if you follow this and you stick with it, and you're very serious about learning, advertising, like Google Ads. The same author wrote the Google Ads book as well. Yep. Ultimate Guide to Google Ads. It's a, it's a very very powerful tool. Oh yeah. And. Almost to the point where you might, you might have to have some type of responsibility of what you're selling because you will be influencing, so it, yeah, know. influencing so many people. Um, you should take caution in what you decide to promote mm-hmm. and what you decide to to earn money from in the future. Yep. It's exciting stuff, though. Like these, I want to get so good at it, right? But I know it takes time. That's that's the one thing, I guess that I always stress myself out about is like I want it right now. 
Yep. But I know this skill will take time, especially going through this book will take time. I'm, I've had that exact thought. Like I'm in the beginnings of like my Google marketing course. Yeah. But then like I started looking online and talking to people in industry, but like, what are some of the cooler stuff you can do? And I'm like, oh, I want to be there. I want to, like you can, I know. if you're a brick and mortar location, let's say you're a pizza shop and your goal when you set up with your marketing company or manager that you want to drive foot traffic into the store. With Google Ads, you can set a one kilometer radius of people walking and just automatically send them a coupon to your store. So there are people walking within one kilometer of your store, then they will get a coupon to come in for like a slice Jeez. and pop for two bucks. That's crazy. I know. Remember back in the day when you had to just drop off pamphlets around a neighborhood and hope that you see a return? Yeah. Now you can just be like, oh, this person's walking and is already close to the store, has Googled pizza, has ordered pizza. These are all things that we can know about you from your fucking Google account. <laughs> from your Here's your fucking coupon. <laughs> Go eat pizza, fatty. There's, <laughs> there's this guy, actually, that came to my door the other day. Uh, he was from Papa John's. This yeah. old guy. And he's like, if you sign up right now for 20 bucks, you'll get a full year's worth of pizza discounted at this much. And then he like tried to do this like so pricing. he like tried to sell you a pretty card? much like almost like a Papa John's like membership card to yeah. get discounted pizza. And I just remember looking at him and thinking, "There's such an easier way to do this, <laughs> dude. You could have done this. I just bought a book the other <laughs> week. You, you can take a look at it if you want. No, man, you got to sell yourself to do it for him. <laughs> I know, but I I remember like he came to my door and I just listened to his whole spiel and I'm like. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> you're stuck. You go to you go years. you go to every door doing this. Yeah, this is, seems pretty tiring. And at the end, I said no. I was like, no yeah. thanks. I don't. I don't like Papa John's. I've never had it. It's not that good. I assumed if I've never had it, then there's not much yes. I'm missing on. Pizza Nova. But anyways. <laughs> so yeah, I'm getting into all the studying. I, I'm actually diving very deep into it. Yeah, I'm. I like I said like the previous weeks like I'm trying to go as hardcore as possible and it's hard obviously with my life right now like I yeah. have children and um limited time you could say right I'm no, trying I, to um, I understand that right, completely right um same with you like you work so much you get home the last thing you think about is opening a book and start studying right so I've kind of set it up right now I'm like working at the kinks uh, but on my days off, I'll dedicate three hours a day on each day off. And then on the days that I work, um, I've dedicated an either or situation. So I'll either get through three modules or 45 minutes, whichever one comes first. Yeah. And then um, set that daily because 45 minutes is a good amount, right? Six times a week. Mm -hmm. You're looking at uh, like four and a half hours in a week. Yeah. Um, on days that I work, or like three hours, five, whatever. <laughs> it's a good enough time to make consistent and steady progress, yeah, but it's yeah. not like I'm going and sitting and having like a study session for hours after work. It's like the right medium for me. So I was trying to do an hour, and I found an hour was a little bit too much. Yeah, that's the same with me. Like I left working during the week at the brick mm -hmm. so I can spend more time doing this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. However, I'm not as good at studying as I used to be, right? It's 
we've talked about this. <laughs> I have brain fog. It's not all about just waking up early and just eating a clean diet. Like I've realized that that's not the key to just Your being able to makeup. being able to study like I used to. Um, so have you done anything recently, Will? I have. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the right decision or not. But um, you took an action, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. So what I did from our last few podcasts we we talked we talked a little bit about ADHD yep and medication that you can take for it so i was on a few things my own little <laughs> cocktail nah that if you want to go back if if you if we went back even farther which people will think i'm crazy we'll get to that in another podcast but <laughs> in, it involves um getting stuff through the mail <laughs> oh yeah yeah I um but um, long story short, I, I went to the doctor yep. and told like him. Like a real doctor? Went to the real doctor, my family doctor, <laughs> um, and just gave her my, my real story. Yeah. Just saying, I'm trying to do this. Pretty much like I didn't have to lie about it like I did the other times to, <laughs> to get my medication. Yeah. My medication, I'm talking about Ritalin, Adderall, Adderall Vyvanse, these types of things. But this specific time, what did you get? Uh, Adderall. Okay. Just because I've never tried it, I just wanted to give it a try. Yep. Um, but this time, I'm going to do it a lot healthier, meaning I'm going to take it at the exact same time every single day. I'm going to eat healthier yep. and drink lots of water. So you're going to use it as a tool to enhance your abilities day to day? rather than acutely to study. Yes. I think that's, well, that's the healthy way to use it. Yeah. If, if I used it just to study, which I did before, I would abuse it. Yeah. You're because um, what I did was whenever it's time to study, I'd pop a pill. And then if I feel it wearing off, I'd pop another pill. Yeah. No, right? that's not what you should be doing. Really. Um, so I, I did go back to the doctor. I did get my prescription a few days ago. Mm-hmm. And today was my first day back on it. Yeah. And it felt it felt great. <laughs> if anyone's tried these drugs, they make you feel like you're on top of the world when you're first when you haven't had it for a long time or like if you it's hard to describe. Like this is this is the the struggle I go with. Am I supposed to be feeling this or is this what it would feel like for others who don't have Yeah, who don't have ADHD and for those who do have ADHD. It, from what I know, it's it's supposed to bring people who do have ADHD up to the level that a person who doesn't have ADHD, like that normal level. Well, first of all, I'd like to dissect your language here a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you said normal and bringing you up to, which implies that you are below. Yeah. Um, I would encourage you, because it's not even the language you use is the way you perceive the world. Maybe the way I perceive myself. Like, I didn't feel normal. exactly. And, like, if you want to use this as a tool and not abuse it, which I believe that's Mm -hmm. what your intention is this Mm -hmm. time, in order to get over this uh, philosophical hump of, is this right? Am I inherently broken? And this is fixing me? Like, these are questions that are detracting from your experience with it. I would just instead of being normal or raising yourself up to it's 
it's allowing me to or empowering me to do this, yeah. this and this. Yeah, that's a better way to look at it, yeah. Right? It's just like when you eat healthier, you feel better. Yeah. There's no need to cast shame on eating in an unhealthy manner. And there's no need to glamorize eating healthy. Just focus on the on, on the realistic facts. It's so hard to do, though. But it is something that we should be aware of and try to practice on a day-to-day basis to That's help true. us, right? If you do this mental kind of detox, mm-hmm. where are you going to be in 10 years? Are you going to be thinking in terms of negatives and positives and normal and abnormal? Or are you just going to be... If I do this, it allows me to accomplish this, which will allow me to reach my goal in this time frame. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, all that other stuff doesn't matter. Yeah, I think that's what I'm getting to. That's what, I mean, that's the reason. This is the process that you're going through. That's the reason I even decided to make the appointment and go in and really just tell the truth what's going on. Like I'm trying to study. I'm finding that I'm not as productive as I used to be. And I don't feel comfortable. Like, it's just, I feel like I need some help. And then, you know, I don't have a history of abusing things. Like, even when I did have that problem before, Mm -hmm. when I decided to stop, I just stopped. It was, like, not me having to come down, like, gradually. It's just a decision I made, right? And so far today has been going super well. Um, I'm feeling motivated. I'm feeling positive. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think if I use it the way that I'm supposed to, it'll be a good addition to, you know. The toolbox that you're building. Exactly, yeah. So I am now on week four. This is the beginning of week four on Vivance, which I think I mentioned earlier that I'm on Vivance, which is like another ADHD medicine, also a long-acting medication. So instead of like getting like a pump of drugs it's kind of like a slow release kind of all day thing and uh it's funny you'd mentioned before we started recording that you took your pill at 10 a.m yeah and for me that's kind of been my sweet spot at 10 a.m because i'll take it and it allows me to be comfortably attentive without me like if i took it later than 10 i found it was harder to wind down at night yeah. And a big part of taking a pill like this is you want to maximize it by being well rested. It won't allow you to overcome three hours of sleep perpetually. If you've got shitty sleeping habits and you're taking Vivance, you're still going to struggle to study because you're a human and you need to fucking sleep. So, like, <laughs> getting my pill and like narrowing down and figuring out where it allows me to maximize the amount of my day. Yeah. Where I feel like really productive and then still being able to, okay, it's 8.30, 9 o'clock. I should be winding down, getting to bed. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the healthy way to take it. And that's, I think that's what's changed in my mind. Yeah. Because it's not like before where I just wake up and be like, I need to get myself up. Yeah. Right. Now it's really like a tool. If like I'm more strategic about it, how is it going to make my whole day look mm-hmm. uh, depending on like when I take it? I took it at 10 today and then felt it gradually in my system throughout the day because it's also uh, like an Adderall extended release. Mm-hmm. So it, hopefully by around like 10 o'clock, I start to get tired. <laughs> right now it's around 8, 
8.39 p.m. I'm still, I'm still kind of awake. Yeah. But feeling good, feeling positive, feeling um, ready to take on pretty much any challenge that comes my way. And I think I didn't need the drug to even feel that way, but then it helps me, again, with you know, studying and, and accomplishing certain other things that I want to do, which I think is a positive. One of the things that I observed myself was that when I had downtime, like this is like with or without being on Vyvanse, if I had downtime without Vyvanse, I found I would take the path of least resistance to amuse myself, which meant sitting down and watching YouTube, uh, yeah. doing something silly on my phone, watching Netflix, uh, like any of those like kind of that mindless entertainment. It's like just enough mental exercise to keep your brain going, but you're not really growing. You're not really accomplishing anything. But while on Vivance, if I have like an hour between getting home and having to uh, get ready for dinner, or if I have an hour after dinner where I don't, where I'm like not doing the podcast, where I don't have darts, where like I have an evening free, it yeah. allows me to think, what should I be doing? And instead of just defaulting to my phone or defaulting to the laptop or defaulting in front of the TV, I start to think, well, maybe I should like knock out a couple of things on the Google AdWords, or maybe I should fiddle around with a guitar, or maybe I should finally yeah. clean the uh, trunk of my car, or like I look at my to-do list, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about this when I wrote it down earlier today, and I can just like start chunking off little things. Yeah. And it's those little things that add up into an enormous list that feels like daunting, and then I start getting anxiety about it. <laughs> so like, that's the difference. It's not like a, I need to sit down with Sunny and take me a pill. It's I've set myself up to be productive in times where I can be productive. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's yeah. That made a lot of sense, like the path of least resistance. That's what I would find myself doing all like the time. Like your brain is like almost fatigued and it's like, oh, I just want to watch YouTube. Exactly. I would default to my phone yep. and then just kind of lounge around for I've stupid amount of time and you'd be I like it's 11 30 at night what exactly so yeah. even tonight um yeah i have plans to just continue being productive until my day is over and, that's and what i it's think all that's about. a good thing um and i don't have any negative like st stigma towards it like i used to yep well and i think that is a big shout out to like society in general. We were, were more aware of it. Like, what, seven, eight years ago, the amount of people talking about mental health or talking about taking medication, like psychotropic drugs. Yeah. There was a little bit of like taboo to it. And uh, if you wanted to use it, maybe you would use it in a more abusive way because of the fact that, like, oh, I don't have a mental illness or, or I, yeah. I'm not like, it was just a temporary thing whereas like if you just realize that this is a part of life and that we have options and that these options include healthy ways of overcoming it it like shout out to the people who are empowering us i know it's just hard it was hard for me because you know we're sitting in my dad's health food store right yep. he preaches natural health like he like don't go to your doctor he's gonna so have you looked at what these psychotropic drugs do like once they're in your body, 
No. So, I mean, I've, I, I'm like anyone. I Google stuff like what it does, but then that's as far as it goes. I think like, there's like a disconnect for some people when you look at like the classic example of like an antidepressant. I think those who have been on a antidepressant could describe like the reuptake inhibiting, like a SRRI is the acronym yeah. for an antidepressant, and it allows your brain neurons to communicate. So in a depressed brain, certain pathways, the electron fires and it travels down the, the arm of the neuron, and then when it gets to the point where it's supposed to talk to the next neuron, there's like, the bridge is broken, a chemical bridge. Yeah. But when you look at what taking these drugs do, is it allows your brain to create uh, the, the communication chemicals, which are all vitamins, right? Like a yeah. depressed brain, it really needs the vitamin B complex, which is why exercise and eating healthy is linked to depressed brains. If you do that, that increases your ability to process the vitamin B complex. So like the way I looked at it, it wasn't like a chemical. It was more of a chemical that triggered a more natural yeah. chemical reaction. I think the reason I have the negative stigma towards it is, is you know how like when you when you think about drugs, you just think about what it's doing to your body, like specifically like your liver, your kidneys, and all that stuff, right? Because yeah. all this stuff is gets filtered. Yeah, it, it your body is gonna filter that stuff through your organs, right? Yeah. And what scares me is a long term use of a medication. Yeah. What is it gonna do to me? Um, I am a little less scared of it now because, you know, obviously you can regularly get your blood tested. You can regularly yep. get, that's what you go to the doctor for, for re, uh, what is it? Getting your medication like renewed Yeah. is every now and then they will ask you Check to do in. a blood test yep. and ask you to do these things just to make sure your body's like able to get rid of the waste properly. Mm -hmm. Um, which she made me do a few months ago. Yeah. Um, I just had my blood work done about a month ago. Yeah. And then my last appointment, she was like, yeah, you're fine. So yep. I was like, that kind of calmed me down a little bit because, you know, I, I never did any of that stuff either, right, before. I just I just thought, okay, this stuff is bad for me. I shouldn't take it because I'm the type of that doesn't even like to take Tylenol, even if I'm really feeling a headache or pain anywhere. Um, so obviously, like, medication for ADHD is going to, make me feel a little paranoid of like what it's doing inside my body. I know it's working its magic of here <laughs> in my brain, but what else it's doing, that's what kind of scared me. But if I stay on top of it, I think, uh, I think I'll be fine. Won't be worried so much about it. I think that is good. I think uh, worry is very limiting. And that your your thought process seems to be in the future and outwards and big and you're like trying to take your thought process up another level and that worry just sucks you right back down and you gotta you just gotta make a clean cut from worry i think so i'm trying so i'm doing now yeah yeah so hopefully it, that's working 
It's, and like that feeling that you were talking about with your acting class, like in some ways that's a bit of worry. And I don't think you want to sit and feel that feeling in perpetuity. I don't think you want to feel no, super no, anxious. No, no, no. What you are seeking is feeling that and moving through it to the other side. Yeah. Right? It's like when you go on a roller coaster, it's scary as shit, but the feeling after, you're euphoric. Yeah. And it's, um, you don't want to stay worried. You want to feel the worry and just say, fuck you. I'm going to do this anyway. <laughs> so yeah, do it. Take your Adderall. Take your notes. Make sure you do your adjustments and see how it's affecting your day and what you could do to make it work better for you. It's a tool. Yeah. Fucking get your money's worth. I know. It's not as, ex- as expensive as I thought either. Yeah? It's very affordable. Nice. Very. <laughs> Well, like dirt cheap? Well, like a month will probably run like around 30 bucks. Oh, yeah, that is dirt cheap. That is pretty. Compared to what I'm on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cody's on that. That Gucci. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that Gucci gang. <laughs> <laughs> Got that designer drug. <laughs> uh, we were talking about the Chappelle show. It's like, <laughs> makes my doo-doo glitter. <laughs> Dusted ash. <laughs> well, we spent a lot of time actually uh, talking about that topic. Yeah. Well, I think that was that was good. It was natural. It wasn't sage, and yeah. obviously we had stuff to talk about. More on Cody's stuff next week. He had some interesting stuff to talk about about foraging. And yeah, we're getting to that time of year where things are starting to grow out of the ground. Just to give people a little hint, I bought some rubber boots. I bought a spade. I bought a hawksbill knife blade. I'm a. Uh, I'm gonna be learning how to eat off the land. Is your backyard gonna be transformed? That's a long-term plan. This is all about acquiring knowledge of local yeah. uh, greens, and like not even just greens. Like there's some cool stuff that grows in Ontario that I had no idea, no idea. Or like when we talked about rose hips, and yeah. how that's just like the the butt of a rose before it turns into a flower and Frig. how it's like super healthy for you man yeah when you told me about that and i was looking for it everywhere <laughs> and it was literally in your backyard and it was in the in front of my house <laughs> friggin a rose hip and it didn't even like i remember what it looked like yeah and i'm like i can't believe i just walked by this thing every single day you could have just popped it and been like here's four days worth of vitamin c yeah. in this one little pod i didn't realize it was i was looking everywhere like yeah. i drove everywhere to look for rose hips. <laughs> it was right hey, there. We're growing them. <laughs> hey, do you like kombucha? Yes. So I've been uh, thinking about starting a kombucha, like mother. Really? And then making my own kombucha. And a cool one that would work would probably be rose hip, like uh, water, and then to make a rose kombucha. Hmm. I think that would be cool. Yeah, we're going to have to talk a little bit more about this the next episode. Sounds like a plan, Mucho. Alright, everyone. Peace. Deuces. Thank you so much for listening to the One and a Half Asians podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at 1.5 Asians Podcast and on Twitter at 15 Asians Podcast. Reach out to us on either platform to let us know what you thought about today's episode. Or 
to give us ideas about what you'd like to hear Wu and Cody rant about in a future episode.